0: Success in wealth, once you've accumulated it, you understand that managing it, growing it, and passing it along brings with it a lot of responsibility. We're here to help. Hi, I'm Laurie Pier, President of RKL Private Wealth. The RKL Private Wealth Podcast was designed for families and business owners with complex financial, wealth, and business planning needs. In around 30 minutes, our Chief Investment Officer We'll decode the latest economic indicators, market trends, and fiscal policies, and we'll welcome a special guest from our deep bench of wealth and business advisors. You'll hear practical insights and advice to help you navigate uncertainty, seize opportunities, and prepare for whatever comes next.
1: Hello and welcome to the very first episode of RKL Private Wealth Podcast. My name is Nick Boyer. I'm a partner and the chief investment officer for RKL Private Wealth. I'm excited to be joined today by tax partner and all-around great guy, Jonathan Clark. Thank you for joining us this morning,
2: Jonathan. Good morning, Nick. Thank you for having me and uh, excited to spend a few minutes getting into this conversation with you.
1: Terrific. So uh, by way of background, so we'll talk about our backgrounds here in just a second, but to set the stage for this discussion today, um, RKL launched last fall RKL Private Wealth which was really an exercise to try to bring together all of this great expertise we have across the firm to better uh, enhance our, our service model for clients and to really wrap ourselves around those clients and provide the services that they find that that they need. Um, that includes everything, a, ver- a broad spectrum of services, including financial planning, uh, tax planning, estate planning, wealth management services like investment management and so forth. Um, So this is sort of a a, a follow-on from that rollout um, and really trying to open up an opportunity to speak to our clients about some important topics. One of the topics that we have found uh, to be very important to our clients is something that our president of uh, RKL Wealth Management, Laurie Peer, has talked about recently in the past. Laurie wrote a blog series about uh, the concept of the journey uh, for business owners and executives from success to significance. So we're going to explore that journey a little bit today uh, in some detail, uh, but before we do that, a little, little bit of background. Um, again, I'm Nick Boyer and the Chief Investment Officer, but also the Executive Vice President of Wealth Management. I'm responsible for directing the uh, the services that we provide in wealth management to our clients, also responsible for managing $1.6 billion in assets on their behalf. Um, and again, joined by Jonathan Clark. Jonathan, tell us a little bit about your background and and what you're uh, what you do for the firm.
2: Yeah, thanks Nick. So I am one of the tax partners here at RKL. I've spent the last 15 years working with clients and kind of have a concentration working with some closely held businesses and their owners at this point in time and really advising them, helping them with what's coming in the future, what's ahead and as they think about what's next and and different planning opportunities and issues that they're wrestling with, have the opportunity to speak into that and and really collaborate with a lot of the talented team members that we have around the firm. So, that's probably my biggest priority is, is focusing on some of that. Uh, also wear a few different hats around the firm and I'm pretty involved with coaching, mentoring, training our team and, and helping them develop in their career. Uh, recruiting is something that I do uh, as well. So, it's a little bit about me.
1: Yeah, that's a lot, of, a lot of great background, a lot of things that you're involved with, which is terrific. Let's kick this off a little bit and talk about how uh, a lot of our job is analyzing trends, uh, analyzing data, looking to see what are the trends. What, what do they mean for us? What do they mean for our clients? Um, there is perhaps no greater trend in the world right now than uh, what's happening with demographics. And you know, we say there, there, there's a so, sort of a colloquialism in the economics industry and sector, which is demographics is destiny. Right? And so when you look at the United States, we, uh, like many other countries around the world, uh, are faced with the challenge of an aging population. Everyone is very familiar with the baby boom generation and the fact that, you know, so I believe that's people from 1946, born from 1946 to 1964, mm-hmm. and they're now getting to that age of retirement. And uh, so that brings with it a whole lot of transition. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing about that is when you think about transition, so there's been a lot of discussion about the great wealth transfer, so 72 plus million dollars, or I'm sorry, trillion dollars. 72 plus trillion dollars uh, changing hands. It's a uh, big number. Over, it sure is, right? Um, that's you know more than three times the US GDP. It's going to be changing hands from baby boomers to millennials over the next 20 years. B- what's interesting about that transition is it's not just about transitioning the ownership and the wealth. It's also about all of the things that come along with that. From a personal standpoint the the multi-generational discussion uh you know what that means for not only the people who are preparing that for that transition and to transition out of those roles but preparing their heirs and the next generation for that transfer um tell us a little bit about how you see those trends what that means for your clients and how you engage with your clients on those on those issues
2: it's a great question nick so certainly i am seeing that trend if not on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, I'm engaged in conversations with a, a variety of different clients that I have the privilege to serve that are beginning to wrestle through some of these issues. And so whether it's estate planning, whether it's exit planning and thinking about, you know what comes next for the business that I'm connected to and maybe have an ownership stake in, uh, succession planning and thinking about who's gonna maybe run this business after me, those things are coming up in conversation all the time right now with the client base that I have the privilege of serving and being connected to. So that trend that you just described is certainly something that I experience and see day in and day out. And I think it creates a really neat opportunity for those of us in our profession to truly function as advisors and to be able to speak into some of those issues and and help clients along that journey that you just mentioned um, as they consider what's next in their life and in their future. So it does require maybe a different skill set, a different way of thinking and approaching some of these issues that's more proactive, that's more forward-looking, that's more about listening and doing discovery and, and asking powerful questions and not so much about what happened last year or looking at history and, and the past. So it does require some different skill sets, but it's a really neat opportunity for those of us in this profession to to truly make an impact.
1: Excellent commentary. So tell us a little bit. Let's step back for a minute. Tell us a little bit about the nature of your clients that you're serving. Who are these people? Not names, obviously, but (laughs) who are the type of of individuals that you're serving, the families that you're working with, what kind of sectors, that kind of thing?
2: Yeah, great question. So it is a lot of what I would characterize as closely held businesses. So there's not hundreds or thousands of owners involved. Um, Many of them are family-owned businesses, maybe multiple generations that have been connected to owning, running, growing a business, uh, some of which are owned by private equity, some of which are owned by a management team, some of which are owned by mom and dad. Uh, I'd say a lot of the client base that I'm connected to would be in the manufacturing and distribution industry. There's also a pretty heavy concentration in the real estate space. Uh, Many of them are located within a couple hour radius of central Pennsylvania, but increasingly they're spread out all over the place and uh, living, working, remotely and uh, has forced us to kind of adapt our, our approach and our communication style with them as well. Excellent. So
1: a lot of different folks from a lot of different industries and different types of businesses, different sizes of businesses, uh, as you're, you're walking them through this journey, trying to serve in that uh, trusted advisor role that we all know about in our industry, we're all seeking to be that trusted advisor. How often do you have these conversations with your clients and their families about the meaning behind the business, the meaning behind the wealth? Uh, What is this all for? What are we doing with all of this?
2: Yeah, it's a great question, Nick. So I would have told you for me personally, five years ago, not all that frequently. Today, it's almost a daily conversation, certainly a weekly conversation that that I'm having with a number of the clients that I'm connected to. And often it's not so much about, you know, what does the wealth mean to them? We're not maybe that direct or explicit about it. But what I'm increasingly learning is, as you engage with clients and really listen to what's important to them and, and their priorities, you get to understand what the wealth means to them and, and what their values are and, and where they're trying to go, what they're trying to accomplish. And uh, you know, case in point, a couple months ago, I was sitting down with a client who was close to 80 years old, uh, he and his wife, they came to wealth much later in life. And so they don't view themselves as being wealthy, uh, but they had a big liquidation event. They sold a business a few years ago and they would be in that ultra high net worth category that you sometimes refer to. And listening to them talk about how important having an entrepreneurial spirit is, that is just hardwired into their DNA and how important that is. is—and because they have clarity on that value, it's starting to inform some of the ways that they think about wealth and some of the decisions that they are making. So for instance, listening to them talk about their grandchildren, and and they have an 18 year old granddaughter who has an interest in landscaping and wants to have her own landscaping business. And they were so excited about almost sponsoring her and coming alongside of her to help her in that journey. And so connecting that deep value that they have and trying to instill that in the next generation, uh, that for them is a a key tenet and a key meaning of this wealth and and how important it is for them.
1: Excellent example, very well said. So I'm reminded of a number of these different clients that we've talked to over the years and ones that we've served jointly uh, on to, to talk to them about this. And it is remarkable because coming back to this concept of success, to significance. Sometimes people sort of set success out as that's the end-all be-all. We're going to try to have that success. Obviously, there is some success involved with developing and accumulating that kind of wealth, be it in the business. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you just were a very good saver of your income. You know, um, built up and amassed some wealth. And a lot of people think of that as success. But the journey doesn't end there, right? That's really, in some ways, the beginning of the journey. So tell us a little bit about that in the context of some of these clients and that example. Um, you know, what are some of the challenges that you face to get from success to significance?
2: How much time do we have? <laughs> <laughs> it's a long list. Yeah, I bet, yeah. <laughs> There's all kinds of uh, roadblocks, challenges, issues that I continue to see and, and kind of help clients navigate. But just off the top of my head, a couple that immediately come to mind. I don't have time. I'm too busy maybe running a business. I'm too busy with my other obligations and responsibilities. That thing that you're talking about sounds like it takes a lot of thought, a lot of energy, a lot of time, and I don't have the time to deal with it, I think is a key challenge. I would also say feeling overwhelmed, meaning there's so many different issues to navigate, so many things to consider just getting started uh, it feels impossible sometimes because of how big or complicated their situation might be. I'll use the phrase identity crisis, meaning a lot of people that I have observed and interacted with that maybe started a business, grew a business and have had a lot of that success that you talk about, have so much of their identity wrapped up in it. And so the idea of walking away, stepping away, exiting that, um, can lead to almost an identity crisis. And so, you know, helping them to begin to think about, well, stepping away from something, but what are you stepping to mm. instead? I think mm-hmm. is important. But that is I think a real key challenge. Family dynamics uh, and and some of all kinds of issues that can come up there in mm-hmm. in a family and the next generation kids, grandkids and challenges. I'd say unprepared recipients, people who okay, if I'm going to Pass this down to the next generation, or I'm going to give these responsibilities to somebody else. Do I feel comfortable doing that? Can I trust that they are capable of it? So, maybe unprepared recipients,
1: mm-hmm.
2: a desire to have it all figured out, maybe, or be, you know, have a perfect solution, so to speak. If mm-hmm. I do these three steps, this will solve everything, and then I can put it in a box and forget about it. Usually it doesn't work that way. And and maybe a, a kind of a quick story that helps to amplify that a little bit. So you have kids, right? Mm-hmm. Three. Three. Yes, sir. Sammy. How how old is Sammy at this point? Sammy's four. Sammy's four. Okay. So he's, he's growing, he's moving and grooving. So he needs shoes, right? And he's probably at that age getting new shoes every six weeks, eight weeks, couple of months, maybe.
1: Yeah. Probably (laughs) probably wears them only about 10% of the time, but sure. Yeah. He needs them all the
2: time. (laughs) It sounds about right. So when you think about Sammy and and shoes, there's probably two things you're not doing, right? You're probably not saying, Sammy, here's the size shoe that you have today. I'm going to give it to you. And you're going to wear these shoes for the rest of your life. You're probably not doing that. Likewise, you're probably not looking at it and saying, Sammy, I can see based on the charts and what the doctors are saying, by the time you're fully grown, you're going to be a size 12. So I'm going to buy you a size 12 today and you'll grow into them. Yeah, they, they, they might fall off. They might feel a little floppy, but you'll grow into them. So I'm going to get them for you today. You're probably not doing that, right? Oh, absolutely. Love that
1: analogy. It would be certainly easier on the uh, the old wallet, but for sure. So (laughs) instead, it's
2: that that idea of kind of meeting people where they're at and preparing recipients or, you know, in my example here, Sammy, you know what? You need a size three today. In three months, it might be a size four. Next year, it might be a size six. As you become a teenager, it might be a nine and then a 10. That's what you're going to give him when he needs it. You're going to meet him where he's at. And might be a silly example, but I think there's a principle there that applies to some of these issues that we encounter along this journey, that you want to meet people where they're at. And as they grow, as they mature, as they demonstrate competency or skill, or, okay, I entrusted this to your care, you handled it well. Now I can trust more to your care. I can give you more responsibility. Uh, I think that is such a key piece to all of these conversations. But that idea of, can I trust somebody? Can I give them this responsibility? I think that's a key challenge that a lot of people are wrestling with.
1: Very interesting. So. A, as you noted, a laundry list of challenges. Um, they come in all different shapes and sizes. Certainly, the solutions can't all be the same. Right. Um, I, I think that's a really good kind of framework to put into place. But how, when you're having these conversations, especially those that are fraught with so much emotion, mm-hmm. How do you find, and you know, you and I have talked about this relative to investments and the market, right? We often see the challenges in the market as opportunity. And we train ourselves to do that as investment professionals. Market sells off, we might be buying, right? Mm -hmm. Um, How do you, how can you look at those challenges that are, again, fraught with that emotion? You talked about family dynamics. There's a lot to unpack in those circumstances. How do you really try to frame those in the context of, hey, this is also an opportunity, so tell us about how you how you frame that, yeah. and wh- and what opportunities that does or may present for some of those families, some of those individuals.
2: Great question. The list might not be quite as long here as <laughs> maybe some of the challenges, but it's a long list. There truly are a lot of opportunities. So go back to my story earlier about grandparents looking at at grandchildren and instilling values. What an incredible opportunity to to say these are the values that are important to our family that have created what has been entrusted to our care today, I wanna pass those down to the next generation. I wanna instill those values in our children, in our grandkids, and maybe beyond that. What a neat opportunity. I think there's opportunities to gain clarity, competence, maybe peace of mind about, wow, this has been a a burden or it's felt like a burden or a weight on my shoulders for a long period of time. I'm gonna walk through this journey and one of the outcomes of that is, you know what? That weight has been lifted. I have some clarity. I'm moving forward confidently, and I have a peace of mind. I'm not laying in bed at night thinking about all of this stuff, because I know that I've given it the thought and time and attention that it deserves. Uh, I think that is an incredible opportunity. There's an opportunity to save taxes, perhaps, mm-hmm. You know, by being strategic, by thinking ahead, by using some different techniques. Uh, that can be an also added plus here as well. And I could go on and on, but those are some of the key opportunities that come to my mind.
1: And, and that's that's another, That's it's at least good to know that there are some opportunities and that's sort of the way you wanna frame it as you go through that discovery process and try to understand what they're trying to accomplish yeah. and you know how, how can you work through some of that. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of what we've talked about here so far is qualitative. Yeah. So let's take a moment to pivot back to something maybe perhaps a little more quantitative. Mm-hmm. Um, So we talked about some of those real qualitative, more maybe emotional kind of challenges associated with this. But, uh, you know, our job, my job, is to look at the economy, right? Um, these businesses you got to continue to earn profits uh, you got to continue to bring in revenues uh, we have been operating in what has been a, a fairly challenging economic environment mm-hmm. um, despite the fact that we haven't you know moved into what most people are calling a recession yet um, we've we've got inflation it's been high for a while it's beginning to come down but it does appear that the fed still may have some work to do mm-hmm. uh, We've been in, in an environment of rising interest rates. Uh, you know, we look out at the you know, a couple of different indicators that are important to our clients, like just the Fed funds rate, which is what the Federal Reserve is moving, in, and we've got the Fed funds rate target at 5.5%. Uh, we've got the prime rate at 8.5%. Right, um, the thirty-year average for mortgages seven point three percent today. Mm-hmm. So the cost of capital has been rising. Yeah. Uh, there is a lot of economic uncertainty on the horizon. Um, now we may navigate it well. The Fed may be able to sort of thread the needle and get us to that soft landing that everybody's looking for. Um, if they pause on rates, they you know, but they still have to try to bring down that inflation, and they're targeting that those CPI numbers and those PCE numbers that we talk about all the time. Yeah. Um, but in the context of rising cost of capital, uh, uh, sort of a litany of, of uh, geopolitical risks, macroeconomic risks, obviously uh, the war in Ukraine and, and the invasion of uh, uh, Russia's invasion of Ukraine, mm-hmm. tragic situation still unresolved. Uh, it's been dragging on for quite a while. Uh, it's not really really clear where that's headed and, and where that resolution is. Uh, there's been some quite a bit of saber-rattling with China. Sure. Uh, geopolitical tensions are inflamed there. We've got energy prices back on the rise. We've seen some commodities start to pick back up in terms of uh, their price direction. So how do business owners, aside from all the other challenges that they have to navigate, how are you advising them through some of this? And what are some of the conversations you're having to try to... Uh, to, to position all of that in that same context?
2: Yeah, great question, Nick. So control what you can control and try to block out some of the other noise and distractions. And there's always going to be headlines and news that you can lose a lot of sleep over that can become stressful. So focus on, you know, what what the key priorities and what's most important. I think surround yourself with a, with a team of advisors who can help you kind of focus on your goals and not lose sight of them or get distracted by the headlines. So I think surrounding yourself with the right people is such a key message that I am consistently sharing. Had a conversation this week with somebody who is kind of in this demographic that we're talking about considering what's next and the possibility of maybe selling a business. And am I gonna have enough or how much do I need to walk away from if I sell the business to kind of sustain the lifestyle that I want for the rest of my life. And how does that, all of these inflationary things that you just mentioned, how does that impact my standard of living? And all of that is connected to this decision about do I sell the business or when do I sell the business? So I think it's making people reevaluate financial plans and run different scenarios, which is something that we can encourage people to do. I think you talk about the cost of capital going up. My view is And what i'm seeing in some cases it could delay a possible exit from a business from Mm -hmm. an owner who says you know what i'm really motivated to sell buyers might say you know what i really have to reevaluate here because it's more expensive for me to go and acquire your business Today compared to a couple years ago, so I think that rising cost of capital could have an impact of delaying some of those mm-hmm. exit decisions for certain business owners. Mm-hmm. But maybe we're
1: not quite seeing that just yet, right? We it's I, I recall you and I had that conversation pretty recently with RKL partner Ryan Hurst, mm-hmm. and uh, he he shares with us that hey, listen, there's a lot of uncertainty out there. Cost of capital is going up. Yeah. Some deals are getting a little wobbly, but deals are still getting done. Yeah. Is, is that what you're seeing? And tell us a little bit about what you're seeing and experiencing there. And some the conversations you're having
2: yeah it truly is some of both i, I think I, there's a number of conversations i'm having with clients who have an interest in an exit strategy being a sale meaning i'm not going to pass this thing down to the, my kids or the next generation my exit strategy is probably a sale of the business so in those conversations there's certainly some who are moving that direction and you're right the, the cost of capital is not scaring buyers away but there are some that that say you know what now might not be the right time or i thought we were going to do it in the next six months and yeah maybe the can's going to get kicked down the road so i think it's a mixed bag and again each situation's a little bit different and unique A little bit different,
1: okay. And that's sort of been one of those key themes that we've talked about here today. A lot of different unique situations, different goals, different objectives. When we talk about that in in terms of whether you're trying to help a business owner or an executive get them across the line on something like that, or you're saying, wait, pause, maybe we need to rethink this a little bit. what, what are you doing in, that, in the discovery process to really know what their, what their objectives are, whether it's the right call, whether it's, uh, it's consistent with their goals and their values and, and all of the things we've talked about?
2: Well, I think it starts with doing that discovery and actually listening and, mm-hmm. and making sure that we are abundantly clear on what their goals are, what their objectives are, where they're trying to go. I think oftentimes we sometimes skip over that. Uh, and, and we make assumptions. <laughs> so I think being abundantly clear on listening, doing the discovery, asking the r- right questions to make sure we are crystal clear on where somebody is trying to go is really important. And then once we have that clarity, sometimes simply just reminding them like, hey, remember what we talked about last month? This was really important to you. Now let's apply that in the context of this specific conversation that we're having don't lose sight of that, and so my job can sometimes be uh, the chief reminding officer, so to speak, of uh, what truly is important to them and, and what their mm-hmm. goals are. And um, I, I also think encouraging people to simply get started in, in some of this, mm-hmm. and I. I know I said something along those lines earlier. I see over and over again people that just want to kick the can down the road or well once all of these other things that you just mentioned, all of the uncertainty, once once that passes, then I'll then I'll lean into this. Then mm-hmm. I'll start working on this and constantly kicking the can down the road, but I think my job can be simply encouraging them to start the journey, recognize that it's gonna take time. There's gonna be twists and turns. It's not all gonna happen in four weeks. In many cases, this is a multi-year process and a multi-year journey that's constantly evolving and changing as events happen, as things in families change, as the business environment and the economic environment Changes, uh, so simply encouraging people to say, "Let's just get started on this journey," and almost in some ways being an accountability partner. I'm gonna wa- I'm gonna be here to walk through this journey with you. You're not on an island by yourself, uh, but we're gonna have this conversation, and then in four weeks, we're gonna take the next step in that dialogue and that conversation, and almost helping people uh, hold their hand through that journey, so that they actually do something with it and take it seriously.
1: Excellent. So Jonathan, a lot of great insight today uh, that you've shared with us. Very much appreciate it. Um, uh, as we sort of wind this down, uh, let's think a little bit about summarizing. What, are you, what do you think are the key takeaways for people who are listening and may have some questions or some thoughts about you know, this journey, this journey uh, from success to significance? Tell us a little bit about, you know in summary, what do you think are the key takeaways here?
2: Yeah, great question. So I'd say the first thing is don't wait to get started. Don't wait to begin that journey. Don't put it off until tomorrow. Take that first step and and make it a strategic priority for your business. Uh, I'd say, secondly, understand the risks of doing nothing. What happens if we don't do anything here? What happens if we don't begin down this journey or this path? What are some of the risks that, maybe i'm not considering that i that i should be considering you know what would happen if somebody gets hit by a bus tomorrow so to speak what does that mean for the business what does that mean for the recipients of the wealth that has been entrusted to my care are they ready for it so i think understand the risks i'd say thirdly surround yourself with a group of advisors who you trust who you feel a level of comfort and freedom to to get into some of these conversations with, and that you say, I want to go on this journey with them around the table with me. I, I would not underestimate the importance of that. I would seek out those people and make sure that you have, you know, the trust factor there that you can truly put your cards on the table and and equip those advisors and their skill sets, uh, you know, with the information, the data, the facts, the circumstances to help them give you the guidance that you need throughout this journey. So those would be a couple of things that come to my mind.
1: Excellent. That is some really terrific insight, Jonathan. Uh, we really appreciate your time today. Thank you very much for sharing all that insight with us and your expertise. Uh, thank you for everything that you're doing for RKL and for our clients.
2: Well, thank you for the opportunity to be here. And uh, these are fun conversations. So appreciate everything that you're doing Absolutely. in this area as well.
1: Terrific. Thanks again.
2: So, want to just thank you all very much for
1: joining us today. Um, We uh, appreciate all of your support and uh, hope that you can come visit us again and join us on the RKL Private Wealth Podcast.
0: This is the RKL Private Wealth Podcast brought to you by RKL. Learn more about our full spectrum of wealth, tax, and advisory solutions aimed at helping families with complex wealth and business planning needs at rklwealth.com. RKL Wealth Management is a registered investment advisor. The contents of this program are for information and educational purposes only. Consult your financial advisor prior to investing.